are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here we are on this Monday. Happy New Year to you. First podcast of 2021. And I'm excited because we got a big... Uh, lineup for this week. We're going to dive into all of the games the Pelicans have played today. We're going to break down some players in this game too. We're going to do deeper dives on some of these guys later in the week and we should have a brand new guest for the show that I can't wait. Uh, more details on that coming soon. And the Pelicans, since we've last talked, are 2-0 so we'll recap the wins over the Oklahoma City Thunder and then the crunch time victory over the Toronto Raptors. Then let's dive into Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, all three of whom have played very well. So let's get to it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. So I want to kind of recap both of the Pelicans wins a little bit quickly here so that we can dive into some of the guys who had pretty good two-game stretches. And look, again, small sample size on all of this and the stuff we're going to get to, but it's also what we've got. So we're going to kind of break it down for you. But this was a good two-game stretch for New Orleans, winning back-to-back games, moving to 4-2 and two with wins over Oklahoma City first. And this game looked like it could potentially get away from New Orleans. They ended up winning 113-80, to 80, a complete blowout. But Zion Williamson only played 17 and a half minutes in this. He scored just 12 points because he was dealing with foul trouble a bunch and then in a runaway victory, you don't need to play him too much. Brandon Ingram did play 26 minutes, but he was ejected in this one on a pretty garbage flagrant two. It wasn't that that much intent there, I don't think, and probably should have stayed in the game. But he finished with 20 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two of six from deep. He was eight of 16 overall. So he gets ejected and the rest of this team could kind of just fold, right? Your leader, your best player player in BI isn't in there anymore. Zion's struggling to some degree, four of six, but limited in what he could do. You could easily see this team kind of folding or the game getting away from him. Just how they seem to come unraveled with the loss to the Phoenix Suns. But no, they had other guys really step up. You got a very good game from Eric Bledsoe, 17 points on the night, 7 of 11 shooting and being really aggressive. Steven Adams doing his Steven Adams things in the return to OKC. He finished with 14 points, 10 rebounds on the night, double-double. Then Josh Hart off the bench gives you a double-double, 12 points. 11 boards from him, including making three of seven from deep. That's what you want to see from the bench, which has been a big problem for New Orleans. Nikhil Alexander-Walker getting some run in this one and being a bit of a spark that the team needed. He finished with 14 points on the night, including making two threes as well. You still had J.J. Redick struggle, one of four, but you had two guys off the bench who stepped up when the team really needed him to do it. You weren't going to beat this kind of upstart-ish Oklahoma City team if you didn't get some bench production and they had some guys who were kind of good. You know, you had Al Horford go for 17, but the Pelicans did a good job of limiting everyone else on this and forcing OKC to shoot 15 of 48 from three. Almost 53-point attempts, but they're being taken by guys who you're not 
overly worried about when it comes to some of that. So it was a good strategy by New Orleans, and that plan seems to be working. Then, in the next game against the Toronto Raptors, New Orleans finds themselves down again, like they did in the opening game. But then they come storming back um, through some really good play, particularly in the third quarter, where they ended up running away from OKC, 32-22. to And basically, at that point, it was all she wrote. And in this one, you got a strong performance from Brandon Ingram, really what you needed to see out of him. 31 points, six rebounds, four assists, just three turnovers on the night. He was four of eight from deep. You had, again, a strong game from Zion, seven of 12, seven of 10 from the line, finished with five boards, including five defensive rebounds, which is really important for him. In in route to 21 points, Steven Adams, double-double, 13 and 10. Lonzo Ball, who was great in the last game too, and also really good in this one, gave you 13 points, Four assists, four rebounds as New Orleans just kind of ran away from it, but he was active defensively. And in the previous game, by the way, I should mention his stat. Well, we'll get into it in the next segment when we really dive into him a little bit. You got production from Josh Hart, nine points off the bench. J.J. Redick at least scored five, which was good. You had probably the best game from Jackson Hayes and then only limited minutes from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but he's clearly trying to carve a spot in the rotation, but his shooting was just kind of off in this one. But the star of this game for New Orleans, not beyond is 31 points 19 points 10 assists for eric bloodzo he was four of six from deep and was aggressive and attacking notice he has two good games and the pelicans win both of them and he had a good opening night game against the toronto raptors can you just play against them all the time and the pelicans won there's a bit of a pattern here there absolutely is in big games or, or competent games from Eric Bledsoe, the Pelicans seem to be doing well. And it does wonders for a team when you have other creators and other guys who can bend a defense outside of Brandon Ingram who can do it with the ball in his hand. Zion does it in a way that is a little bit different, but you need a guard or a guy on the perimeter who can kind of break that defense down and create good looks for other players. There's, you know, a reason why you saw him with the bench unit in this game and they succeeded where you're getting quality minutes from guys off the bench, same in the game before against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So this was a good two game stretch for New Orleans. Offense still has issues to work out, but the defense was stout uh, stout, and you saw some good play all around. So coming up here in the next um, couple of segments, I want to break down some of the play we've seen from some of these guys, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, and of course, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And then, of course, it is a game day, which I didn't even mention in the beginning, as the Pelicans take on the Indiana Pacers. So I'll give you a quick preview of that coming up here later on in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by betonline.eg. Are you ready for some NFL playoffs? Over the college football national title game, there's some big matchups coming up over the next couple of weeks. And, oh yeah, the NBA is in full swing. And if you want to bet online, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. They're giving you free money. It's like you already won a bet, and you all you did was just sign up. They're going to have the NFL game of the week. They've got the national title game in there for college football, and of course, all of the top NBA games in any sort of prop that you could want. Make these games more interesting and get in on the action. And don't forget, use that promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. So the Pelicans had some pretty good performances in these two wins, but no one jumps out at you more than Eric Bledsoe, a guy that fans had been on, and look, deservedly so, he hadn't played well, but it's dangerous to make sweeping conclusions after just a handful of games. We're only six games in, and you probably really don't want to, you know, really dive deep on some of the data that we get and really make declarative statements about some of these players until maybe about 10 games or so in just more data and things can kind of be a little bit fluky early on in the year. Eric Bledsoe wasn't going to be as bad as we had seen him be to start some of these games this year. He might not be as good as he's been in the past. That's certainly a realistic thing to say, but to declare him just an awful player, all of that Probably not the direction you want to go in and something that was probably bound to bite you after something like that. So he ended up having two really good games and showing you the importance of your point guard playing well, which is not really a surprise whatsoever. So over these two games, so he did well in the first game against Toronto, 18 points. And then the next three games, five points, seven points, and then seven points and just shot very poorly. Didn't give you much of anything and couldn't do much of anything against the Miami Heat on Christmas Day, two of 10 against the San Antonio Spurs, three of 11. It's a little bit better in limited minutes against Phoenix in terms of three of five, but just seven points and couldn't get anything going. That's not how this Pelicans team is going to win games when their starters, or when one of their five starters are kind of putting in that kind of production. But these past two games, 17 points and then 19 points, including in the win over Toronto, 10 assists. So right now, over these past two games, averaging 18 points per game uh, alongside five and a half assists per game and four rebounds. He's doing it while shooting 52% and 55% from three. You're not going to get that every night out of him, but if you get somewhere close to that, things are really going to help. And this really started to change for him against the Oklahoma City Thunder when he could just be aggressive. Drove into the paint, scored in the paint right at the rim three times. Hit two other short mid-range jumpers in the long distance, but still in the paint area. Hit a couple of threes as well. One from above the break and one from the corner. Kind of doing it from everywhere, right? Mid-range at the rim and then multiple spots in different kind of shots in terms of three-point attempts. And of course, against the Oklahoma, uh, against the Toronto Raptors, he hit that crazy important three right in the game. Off the dribble, pull up, shoot it, make it. And that's what you want to see out of him. If he has that shot, you can break a defense. So getting into the paint, scoring like he did, very, very important. And it opens up that game for others. You could see that Toronto was worried about him and trying to wall him off from attacking and being aggressive, which means someone is going to be open. And then you see him dish the ball out for all of those assists coming off a lot of, not all the time, but most of the time off his aggressiveness. That is how this Pelicans offense can get better. They've struggled this year, like really struggled. This offense hasn't been great. You can't really say it any other way right now. They're 20th out of 30th. Remember when they were 29th and I told you one game or two games really jumps you in the rankings right now because there's some noise in the data. Still in the bottom third in terms of 20th. 
They are not great when it comes to assists per game and dishing that out, averaging just 22 per game. It's 27th in the league. They're not getting those kind of assisted looks and creation that you need, particularly for a guy like Zion Williamson, who doesn't quite create for himself just yet. And so you need a guy to do it more so than uh, uh, Brandon Ingram, who's the only guy who can reliably do it. Lonzo Ball, who we'll talk about here in a minute, has played well, but let's not pretend again that he is that creator that the Pelicans need. Eric Bledsoe is more of that than him, and Bledsoe showed it off. And being able to do that when teams know you're going to try and score and kind of take that away from you and then create for others, that way is the important thing. He got back on track with that game against OKC. Now, he kept it going against Toronto, but became a focal point of the defense. That's why he had so many assists in this game. They were really worried about him. And he took advantage of that. And that adds a whole other dimension to this New Orleans offense. And again, no surprise, the three best offensive performances from New Orleans have come when he plays well. There's some correlation there. Part of it might be just one of your extra starter, you know, one of your starters playing well is going to help you. But the three times that New Orleans has scored over 100 points has been the three times that Eric Bledsoe has gotten into double digits. 113 on opening night, 113 against Oklahoma City, and then 120 against the Toronto Raptors. The other three games the Pels played, 98, 98, and 86. When he gets moving and gets other people going and he scores himself, yeah, New Orleans is a dangerous offensive team at that point, but otherwise they're a little bit too predictable in the half court. So coming up, we'll touch on Lonzo Ball and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, as well as mention the game tonight against the Indiana Pacers. So more to come here on today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And I eat one of these things Monday through Friday, basically with lunch, um, for lunch, and then go and work out. I ate one because they're just the best on the market. They've got, you know, the right amount of protein, the fewest amount of carbs, calories, sugar, all of that. These things are great for the health conscious person if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while trying to eat something that just isn't bad. In fact, these things are good and they have delicious flavors. You hear me rave about this all the time. These bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They've got six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. They've got the standbys, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel. I could go on and on and on. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar. And again, compare them to the other bars out there on the market. Things are better for you. It's really that simple. You're eating a protein bar because you need to get the protein and it's a good kind of delivery system for that. Don't be miserable by doing it. Don't get all that other crap in your body that you don't need or something you don't want. So try Built Bars out by going to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So this actually got finalized while I have been recording. We're going to have Kendall Baker on of the Axio Sports newsletter to come on and talk about the Pelicans. He said they're the most intriguing team to him in the NBA and wanted to come on and chat with me about him. I said, hell yeah, let's do it. So that should be on Wednesday's show. You can give him a follow too on Twitter at the Kendall Baker and subscribe to that Axio Today sports newsletter. And of course, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. And oh, hey, yeah, the Saints in the playoffs taking on the Bears at home. I'm going to need to do some prep work on this one because I want to be as prepared as possible for Sunday's game, which should mean Kamara's playing, I think. You know who's going to have the answer is Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. Subscribe to that too wherever you get your podcasts. 
So we talked about Eric Bledsoe and what he means to this Pelicans team in the past two games have kind of been eye-opening and seeing him play well. And oh yeah, he's a good player and don't write people off after 10 games or don't blow them up after 10 games if they've been playing good. A guy who's been kind of up and down but has had a very solid two games has been Lonzo Ball and maybe not in the ways that you might think. First and foremost, though, against the Oklahoma City Thunder, he he was good. There's just no getting around that one. 16 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds from him. Shooting not quite there. 2 of 7 from deep, but he was able to contribute in other ways. And defensively, he wrecked absolute havoc. Havoc on the Oklahoma City backcourt. And they've got a good player in there in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Alexander, right? He's a good player. And Lonzo Ball had his hands right on him, into him, disrupting the flow of their offense basically every possession he was out there on the court. He had three deflections in this that led the team, or tied with Nikhil Alexander-Walker in it. It's really good. He's getting in there, trying to poke the ball away, trying to create turnovers or get a steal or just disrupt the flow and kind of disrupt them at the point of attack. He was outstanding on defense against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then he followed that up. He didn't have quite the same numbers against the Toronto Raptors, but he did a very good job of limiting Fred Van Vliet after Van Vliet got really hot in the first half against New Orleans. And with Kyle Lowry doing his kind of usual infuriating Kyle Lowry things, you had Lonzo Ball there. Four deflections for him in this game. Really getting into that team at the point of attack trying to be the teeth of this Pelicans defense and is one of the reasons why even down the stretch when they were threatening to maybe win the game or lose the game if you're the Pelicans here he was able to kind of disrupt some of those plays come up with 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 big possessions where it might not lead to a turnover but it might lead to the Raptors taking a poor shot or a bad possession or being rushed a little bit and not trying to set things up quite like they want to it's exactly what you want to see out of him. He's been an above-average defender to average defender at times in the NBA, but these past two games, he looked like a really good defender. And if he wants to really carve out a role and increase his money, which this comes you know, with it, with him being a restricted free agent at the end of the year, he's doing a very good job these past two games, and it's something to watch that it definitely looks like he stepped up, at least in these two contests, on defense um, these past couple of games. The other guy I do want to mention is Nikhil Alexander-Walker against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He really got to play, and we saw him play a good bit against the Phoenix Suns as well. But in 19 minutes of action, put up 14 points alongside three rebounds uh, and an assist on uh, six of 13 shooting. The shots aren't uh, shot isn't quite there, but he was aggressive. He was attacking the defense, trying to break them down, and the Pelicans just need someone to do it. In the half court, when they don't have a creator there, they're just so easy to defend, particularly with that bench unit. There's no one else who can kind of really do it by themselves. It's why you see Eric Bledsoe out there with the second unit in these two games. They just need someone to do it. If you can have Nikhil take some of that burden off of him and pick up some of that slack there too and have two creators out there on the floor, yeah, that's going to be an important thing. He did it against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He did not quite do it as much against Toronto. He didn't really get the minutes to do it either. Um, and he was more relegated to a spot-up shooting role in this one. You want to see him be more aggressive because good things happen with it, and he's at least kind of creating. In those minutes against OKC when he was in the game, that's when the Pelicans really built up their strong lead that let him cruise to that victory. I'm going to be curious to see in a game tonight against a competent and pretty solid backcourt in the Indiana Pacers, does he get fewer minutes or more minutes Do they trust him or not trust him just yet? 
and I'm kind of leaning towards them not trusting him, so I don't know if we'll see a lot of him tonight. That's because Indiana is 4-2 and two as well. Probably shouldn't have been written off like some people did. They're improving because they've upgraded their head coach in theory. You have Victor Oladipo, by the way, who's playing like Victor Oladipo of old. 20 points from him, 5.6 rebounds, 4.6 assists. He's shooting 46% from deep on 6.3 attempts or 6.6 attempts per game. Malcolm Brogdon, very good for him as well. 22.2 points per game alongside 6.3 assists. He is shooting 45% from deep. Now, they don't have T.J. Warren, who's out for an unspecified amount of time. That's good for New Orleans because um, he could easily, easily kind of uh, burn them, I think, off the bench potentially, too, with some of his scoring. But also starting, he started the four games that he played for them. Um, He's out missing uh, 15.5 points per game. But Demonis Sabonis inside could do some damage. 21 points per game, basically, alongside 6.7 assists. Everyone passes the ball and shares the ball around on this Pacers team. 11 rebounds per game. Oh, yeah, he's also shooting 57% from deep, though, on about 2.3 attempts per game. They're top-heavy, but the bench, not bad in terms of a shooter of Doug McDermott and Justin Holiday, but no one that really is a huge threat. So if New Orleans can get some quality minutes from the bench, hey, Nikhil, we're looking at you. I think New Orleans can really go out and win this one, but this might be one of those ones where you've got to limit their shooters on the three-point line. If Oladipo, Brogdon, and Sabonis just rain threes down upon you, you've got to guard those guys on the perimeter and try and funnel them a little bit to Steven Adams or get them into that mid-range game. If those guys hit a bunch of threes, it could be rough for New Orleans, but if you run them off the line and make other guys shoot threes, Miles Turner, turn him into a three-point shooter, he is shooting 23% on the season. He has not been good. The rest of the bench, Doug McDermott shooting under 30%, though he could get going. Aaron Holiday has been shooting poorly from 326%, and he's getting significant minutes from Justin Holiday off the bench. is really the only guy that you're worried about that right now. Let those guys try and beat you because I don't think they're going to be able to do it. And if you do that, New Orleans should be able to get a win. All right, enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap everything.